0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. You see, the Pharisees knew, they memorized the Bible, but they didn't have a relationship with God. So they didn't know the will of God. So when the will of God took on flesh, walked the earth, they crucified it. Many carnal people, good intention, will crucify the move of the Holy Spirit. Because they don't discern the will. Because they have a sucrose relationship with God. It's, it's about everything I can figure out, everything that makes sense in my brain. And when it doesn't add up in the brain, they become suspect, question, they even begin to attack. That which doesn't make sense. But I have learned when something doesn't make sense, to be quiet and talk to God. Or show me. Explain to me. Maybe I didn't see this in your word before. Let's take another look. That's why you need to be humble. You have to humble yourself in the mind. Then he'll then, then lift you up. Then it goes on and, and says uh, some other things to us. Let's move to the next slide. Now, we're talking a little bit about the Holy Spirit. And let's, let's go to John chapter 20 and verse 21. Jesus has just been resurrected. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending who? He's about to send them, right? But he won't send them. He said, I'm going to do it the same way God did it to me. I'm going to do it for you. Are are you hearing me? Okay. He says, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Has Jesus ever said anything in the Bible that didn't happen? So at that moment, these 12 men received the Holy Spirit. Is that correct? Okay, let's keep going then. That's interesting. Let's go to the next slide. If they received the Holy Spirit, why does he make this following statement in Acts chapter 1, verse 5? On one occasion while he was eating with them, this is the 40 days and 40 nights after the resurrection he was ministering to the disciples. After he breathed on them, said receive the Holy Spirit. He gave them... A suggestion. Maybe he said, listen, this is just for the Pentecostals and the Charismatics. It says here he gave them, speaking of all 11 that remained. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power, dunamis literally, or you've heard me say dunamis in the past, and this power is miracle-working power. The distinctive of the church was not high theology as much as right theology and power. Are you hearing me? He said, listen, don't leave here. Listen, don't you dare try to take your ministry outside this building's walls until you're anointed with miracle-working power. That was the original command here. He says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift God promised and what you've heard me speak about. John baptized with water. Uh, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Verse 8. But you will receive uh, dunamin or dunamis when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will then be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. Now, help me here. They already received the Holy Spirit, meaning they were born again. If you are born again, you cannot be born again without the Holy Spirit living in you. Are you hearing me? It's, the Holy Spirit is the seal, the Bible says, of our redemption. It's the mark. If God has accepted our cry and our faith in him, he answers by releasing the Spirit of God in our hearts. You need to know the Spirit is, fills the entire earth. And as soon as we believe, he comes into our spirit. Do you understand? Changes our motivations and cleanses us of our sins. But is he telling them to receive it once or did they lose it between the last? What's happening here? Does anyone know? Okay, seal yeah. We're going to see something here. That after the resurrection of Christ, the disciples were born from above. They were born again. But there was a subsequent experience. There was a second step necessary for them to be effective witnesses. If you're born again, you will die and go to heaven. But if you want to be most effective on the earth with all eight cylinders, you need power. Are you hearing me? He says here, listen. In the first place, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. But now he's talking about the Spirit coming upon them. Now, you got to understand this. And, and many of our songs are wrong. we even sing them at grace, but because our understanding is not where it needs to be, we sing them, God anoints them and blesses them. even when I sing them, I, I understand them in a proper way so, so I can enjoy this song. But we're always, Lord, you know let your spirit fall on us and come down. But, but we misunderstand. our thinking is that the Spirit of God is not really on us or, or with and, and if we pull him out of heaven, you know, he'll fall. But the reality is the spirit of God is around us. He's in us. He, he's everywhere. So there has to be a bubbling up of the Holy Spirit and a coming down of the Holy. And that's the baptism. You know, you understand what I'm saying? When he's rising within and he's surrounding you, there's so much in you. I mean, I mean you're so full of water that it gets you. What's inside you so big, it's all around you. Are, are you tracking with me? It, it fills your pores. If you eat enough garlic. It's not only in you, it gets on you. You begin to perspire. You you know, you play basketball. You know, everyone knows what you had for dinner the the night before. And the Holy Spirit wants to be that way. He doesn't want to be compartmentalized where he lives in my little heart. And he's just kind of in my spirit. God wants to come on our spirit. He wants to come out of our mouths. He wants to come out of our hands. He wants to be in our feet. He wants to be on every, every part of us. Are you tracking with me? These guys were already born from above. They were born again. But he said, don't leave this place until you're baptized, receiving, now listen, it depends on the writer in the Bible how these terms are used. But for illustration's sake, receiving the Holy Spirit in salvation is not the same as being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let me explain. Now, we're we're not going to cover all these scriptures right now. But when you're born again, you're baptized into Christ. You're baptized into his death and resurrection and burial. Born again. Spirit of God lives in you. But the Bible in the book of Hebrews says, okay, let's go there. Go, go quickly to Hebrews 6. Let me find a Bible. Hebrews 6. This is not in my notes. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to read it out loud. Okay. one." All right, quickly. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to what? Everything is about to list are the elementary teachings. And he wants to move on to what? Mature teachings, right? So there are mature and immature teachings. Teaching that is is for babes and there's teachings that for adults. talks about solid food versus, you know, food for, for children. But please understand um, that even what's in baby food, we find in adult food, um, so we never get removed from the foundations of the faith. But, you know, we need to build ourselves up like an edifice. We need to grow higher and higher in the Lord. Let's move quickly. And going to, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. Let's move quickly. and faith in God, instructions about baptisms. Is baptisms plural? Is it plural? Is there an S? In every translation in the Bible, since the writing of Scripture, that? word has been plural so obviously there's more than one baptism so that means you're baptized into Christ and we'd have to you know baptism service we'll talk about all those things that we have in the past but then there's a baptism into the Holy Spirit are you hearing me now when the Bible speaks about receiving the Holy Spirit at one place says have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed and uh that, that was an interesting question The people he was was writing to were born again. He wasn't saying that they had not received the new birth. But let me. uh, Okay, I don't know how to say this. I don't. I don't have an illustration. But the point is, you can receive. God does not want us to receive a portion of the Holy Spirit. As far as He's concerned, you've not really received Me. Okay, let's say Jesus. We we receive the part. John three said, God's will of the world gave His only begotten Son. We get born again. We received those scriptures, but Christ could come and say, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's what he said to the church in, in, in Ephesus, I believe. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 that was the church in Ephesus. And this was a church where everyone was born again. And uh, actually, it had great preachers in this church in the first century. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens up, I'll come in and sup with you, okay? These people had received Christ, but obviously, there were certain things about Christ they did not receive. Are you hearing me? Receiving the Holy Spirit is not just receiving a part of his ministry. The Holy Spirit wants us to receive all of his ministry. So receiving the Holy Spirit is receiving his fullness in large measure when the Bible speaks of it after Jesus' first mention of it. But let's move forward. Why didn't Jesus permit them to move forward in ministry until they had more intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit? Can anyone answer that question? Why? What do you think? It would be exhausting, man. You know, you're trying to hit hills with four cylinders. You're going up mountains and, and all the rest, and you got, you know, the weight of ministry on you. That's why so many pastors are quitting. Uh, there's like a 1,500 pastors quit every month in the United States of America. They quit the ministry. Many times it's because they're not filled. They had this thing they got in their head in school, but they didn't have that relationship. Are you tracking with me? Without relationship, marriage becomes exhausting. Singleness becomes exhausting. Jobs become exhausting. Everything in life can become exhausting without the power. You see, what we do in church is we make it all motivational. go home as weak. Can't cast the demon out of our child. You understand what I'm saying? Going crazy. We need more than words. Paul said, listen, I didn't come to you with fine-sounding speech. But I came to you with a demonstration of the Spirit and his power. We need more than clever speech. When demons appear, we need to know how to have authority over them. When the doctor's talking cancer or incurable, we need to know how to call on that name, man. And it'd be more than just, you know, some stuff you heard one day somebody said. We should be exercised and practiced. Are you hearing me? All right, we answered three. Let's move on to Acts 2. Now, you've all heard this passage. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in what? One place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them. What, per- what is the percentage there? Yeah. If you put a number on all, what would that be? Okay, 100%. Now, is 1% missing in the 100%? So if we were that first church, every single person in this room would have the same experience. So the idea that it's for some have their gifts, others have their gifts, you need to read the whole Bible. Amen? It says here, all. All of them were filled with the whole, filled were what? F- okay, he was there, but then they had this filling up this welling over this bubbling up from the inside are you tracking with me they were filled came under control and complete domination of the holy and began to speak in other languages as who the spirit who the spirit who enabled them but who did the speaking them the spirit enabled but they did the speaking why does he do this? We've already discovered that it's the spirit of God knows the will of God. Jesus commanded us to pray God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And sometimes God doesn't want his secrets out. So he'll pray the, the Bible says elsewhere, though I pray in the tongues of angels and the tongues of men, I don't know if we're praying in the tongues of angels. We very well may be. Some angelic thing where the angels understand. And how many, I don't know, for all I know, I may be speaking a language, telling them in the name of the Lord, go do some things that I wouldn't even have the mind or the audacity to say. I wouldn't even really have the faith probably to say some of the things I say from my spirit because my mind would start beating me up. That would never happen, Never, never happen. But he said, forget your mind. Go say it in the spirit. Do you understand? The angels understand, you know, perfectly. I don't know, it might be the, the tongues of angels. Here though, in this particular case, it was the tongues of men. And it was a special gift that manifested here, too, uh, in that everyone there heard them praising God in their own languages. And uh, the Bible speaks of diverse tongues, different kinds of tongues. Now, here we see, uh, we, I don't. I want to confound the issue. Perhaps we'll pick it up next week and talk about the different types of tongues, you know, the personal devotional and, and, and the stuff that we do in, in ministry. But I wanted you to see here, that they all spake 100% as the Spirit enabled them. Now, how many of you ever heard the term normative? Okay, okay. We get the term normal. You ever hear the term norms? Okay. Norms come from normative practices or things that people do normally. Okay, real simply. The book of Acts was written for the theologians in the room to establish the normative patterns for the church. In other words, 2,000 years removed, you want to see how the church ought to operate, you have to go back to the book of Acts and see how God, with his original purposes and his original flow in the early church. Are you tracking? So all the normative patterns, everything that we consider normal, springs out or should spring out of this book of Acts. So if in this first release Everyone speaks in tongues. The Bible says out of two or three witnesses, let every word be confirmed. Meaning, okay, if this was a single experience, maybe that was just then. But when we begin to see it repetitiously, recorded in the book of Acts, and people died to preserve this book, and it becomes the normative pattern for the church, if that is normal, everything else becomes abnormal. Abnormal. If it is normal for 100% of the church to be free to speak in the spirit, it is abnormal for even one person in the church not to flow in that strength. You got me? Let's move on to the next slide. Let's move to Acts 10. We're going to go to two more so we can establish this through the mouth of three witnesses, although they're Many more scriptures we could go to. Peter is preaching to the Samaritans. Man, he's, he's, he's done his job. And while he was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all. What percentage is all? Uh-oh, we're starting to see a normative pattern. We're starting to see a new normal. You got me? The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. How did they know this? For they heard them speaking, all of them, in tongues and praising God, 100%. And that's how they knew that the Holy Spirit was moving not just on the Jews, but now on the Gentiles. Let's move forward to Acts, well, actually backwards, but Acts chapter 8. Philip has done some tremendous preaching and he's impacted the whole area. Um, and I'm sorry, 10. He wasn't dealing with Samaritans, I believe. It was actually, he's dealing with Samaritans. I'm sorry, chapter 8. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God. Now, people that accept the word of God are typically born again, right? They sent Peter and John. First Peter 1, 23 states, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. So if the word of God states they accepted the word, they've obviously been born again, according to Peter. Okay? So everyone in this church is born again. And by the way, everyone in the church is supposed to be born again. Right? Actually, you can not re- You could be in a church building, but you can't be part of the church unless you are born again. You are born into this kingdom. Then it says, When they arrived... They prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this receive is speaking of receiving him in full measure. They were obviously born again. You can't be born again without the Holy Spirit. But they had not received the full ministry of the Holy Spirit, the full dynamic of the Holy Spirit, the full power of the Holy Spirit. God wanted this church to be a strong church. So when Peter and them came, they said, no, 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 they're born again. But no, 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 there's much more. And God's looking at many of you saying, man, y'all doing good. I love you. False that you shoot. you're coming to glory. But there's more. Are you hearing me? When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not what? Yet come upon them. He's speaking about the coming upon. Not necessarily them being born again. That's the inside work. They had simply been what? Baptized. And this is just reemphasizing the truth. Now, back then, they were serious. You did not get baptized unless you were born again. They had the gift of discernment, all that stuff going on. You would not get baptized unless you were born again. So these folk were serious. They were baptized. And, and, you know, um, certainly even if there was a remnant that was faking, the vast majority was born again. They had been baptized. But according to this text, they had not yet received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You got me? Uh, Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them, any of them, by the way, it didn't come upon any of them. Don't you think that some of that group was saved? All of them couldn't have been faking. So it said that the Holy Spirit had not come upon any of them. So they were saved. They were baptized, or oh, good baptists, But they stopped there. But the men of God came and said, no, 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 we, we got some things to do. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John, though placed their hands on them, next slide, Uh, last slide, and they received the full ministry of the Holy Spirit. Do you see that they were saved? And do you see that something subsequent happened, a further experience in God that was available? Then Peter and John placed their hands, so we also see a normative pattern. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just falls on them, and they spontaneously begin to speak because the power of God is so rich. But other times, there's a laying hands on people. And that's why often when people want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it, it, we, we lay hands because that's God's one of God's methods of releasing people in that area of uh, their walk with God. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they what? Received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw, how do you see a spirit? You don't. Obviously, it was evidenced by the reaction. Do you hear me? So when the Spirit of God comes on you, there is observable, quantifiable evidence. When you're born again, maybe, maybe not. I'll see you over time. I'll see it by your fruit. But here, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there's immediate evidence that you can see. It's visible. Are you tracking with me? Simon saw that the Spirit was giving at the laying on of hands. He offered them money, so he got excited about it, and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive what? The Holy Spirit. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.